Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Monday, February the 27th, 2023, at 12.16 p.m. Central Time. Today's focus, self-control. I don't know. Can I, did I convey what I'm thinking when I say it that way? Today's focus, self-control. Do you hear a little bit of doubt or a little bit of questioning in my voice? If I was to write it out, I would put self-control question mark simply because I want you to realize that I'm kind of questioning self-control. Are we sure it's about self-control? Are we sure? Because that's what we're going to be talking about today. And hopefully this will be somewhat interesting and it would be, I'll be very, well, I always hope, I always hope that every Today's Focus sparks a conversation. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Every time they don't, I'm left broken and sad and discouraged and depressed. And yeah, okay, maybe that's a little over the top. All right, but I always am hoping that this sparks a conversation. Even if that conversation never reaches me, I'm hoping you're having a conversation with someone going, hey, and today's focus was about this. What do you think? And today I want you to talk to others about self-control. Self-control. Let's start with a definition. When we talk about self, self-control, what are we referring to? Well, according to one dictionary, self-control, the ability to control oneself, in particular, one's emotions and desires or the expression of them and one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. Let me read that definition one more time. Self-control, the ability to control oneself, in particular, one's emotions and desires or the expression of them and one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. So we're going to talk about self-control, but again, self-control, I, I, I'm questioning it, but you'll see why in just a minute. So I'm going to ask really a question. When you look at the world of Christianity, when you look into your own church, when you look into your own family, when you look into your own life, do you feel that Christians possess some level of self-control that's greater than non-Christians? When it comes to Christians, do you think Christians have more self-control? Let's just, I'm going to just throw out some specific areas, right? Do you think Christians have more self-control when it comes to not overeating, maintaining a healthy weight, maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Do you think Christians have more self-control there to be like, when it, when it comes to Christians, they're not going to be overweight because they have such great self-control. They will, they will eat the right portion and get the right amount of exercise and do everything they need to because they've got that self-control. Others are going to struggle. Others are going to end up eating too much, maybe gluttony, maybe whatever the case may be. But when it comes to Christians, they've got self-control. Do you think Christians possess greater self-control when it comes to food and eating? Do you think Christians have more self-control when it comes to gossip and uh, slander, that when, it, when it Christians have so much self-control that they never speak 
incorrectly about people. They don't bear false witness. They, they don't gossip. They don't slander. They, they, they like, they can control their tongue. Do you think Christians have a greater amount of self-control when it comes to what they say? Do you, do you think that? Do you think Christians have more self-control when it comes to their emotions? Like you would never hear that in a church meeting that there would be arguing and fighting because everyone would have such great self-control. I mean, it would just be like a church meeting, like a business meeting or a congregational meeting would be the most, I mean, everyone's just exercises great self-control. Do you think that? Do you think uh, Christians have greater self-control when it comes to say something like pornography? Do you think Christians possess greater self-control? Do you think Christians possess greater self-control when it comes to Hey, today I need to spend time reading my Bible, studying the Bible, so I'm going to exercise self-control and not engage in this activity or this activity. They have greater self-control when it comes to what they choose to do or not to do. Do you think Christians possess a greater level of self-control? I want you to really think about it. Because, I man, I have seen pastors stand behind a pulpit yelling and screaming at certain sins, and the people have no self-control. People today have no self-control. Young people, and I'm just losing it, and you're looking at them, and I'm like, I don't know if you have self-control, because how can I say this? You're just watching someone who clearly either has a, a serious medical condition or they do not possess self-control when it comes to how much food they're eating. That's the nicest way I can say it. Now, does, does like, so why are they screaming at everyone else's lack of self-control when they demonstrate their own lack of self-control? But when it comes to Christianity, does self-control have anything to do with our salvation in any way, shape, or form. Let me ask another question. So do you think Christians possess a greater sense of self-control, a greater level of self-control than, say, a non-Christian? And here, this is very important. I want, I want you to really consider this. How do we understand self-control in light of the reality that we all possess a sinful nature? You have a sinful nature. How does, sinful, how does that sinful nature impact self-control? Now, does Christians get something that now, now, now that we're Christians, we can overcome that sinful nature and how it would impact our self-control? What is the relationship between self-control and a sinful nature? I, th I think that's an important theological question, right? But self-control, here's the reason I'm even talking about this today. What time did I receive this email? I received this email at 3.04 a.m., 3.04 a.m. this morning, I received this email, and it simply says, here's the subject line, self-control, right? Then here is how the email reads, all right? Here we go, all right? It says, I would like your thoughts on the following, all right? Okay, so someone's up at 3.07 in the morning, they're emailing me, and they want me to, they want my thoughts on self-control. What I wanted to email them back and say, Mm, do you think you were exercising self-control when you were emailing me at 3.07 a.m. in the morning? I'm joking, everyone. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, but here we go. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Self-control. Then they have 2 Timothy 1.7. And then underneath that, they have a quote from 2 Timothy 1.7. God gave us a spirit of power and of love and self-control. Self-control 
is the governing of one's desires. D.G. Kell, K-E-H-L, described it as the ability to avoid excess, to stay within reasonable bounds. All right? Now, this seems to give the idea that, okay, that they're, they're, at least I don't think they're the emailer is not necessarily saying they agree with it, but they want my thoughts on it or they want my thoughts on it. I don't know where they took this. I think they took this from some devotional, but they, it seems to be uh, saying and I, so so let's 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 try to break this down that because we have the Holy Spirit, now we have self-control and that self-control is the gov- is the governing of one's desires. And then they, I don't know who DG, DG Kell is, but described it as, as the ability to avoid excess, to stay within reasonable bounds. All right. Do you think we stay within reasonable bounds as Christians, that we have the ability to avoid excess? Christians never engage in, engage in excess. No, we don't engage in excess sleep, excess eating, excess emotions, excess entertainment, that we always have this well-balanced approach to every area of our life because we've been given the power of self-control. Let's go on to say. Um, George Bethune uh, called it the healthy regulation of our desires and appetites, preventing their excess. So uh, their excess. So again, we don't have, we don't engage in any excess of our emotions, our activities. We we can we can control it because we have self control but the email continues but self control involves a wide range of watchfulness than merely control of bodily appetites and desires we also must exercise self control of thought emotion and speech Self-control says yes to what we should do as well as no to what we shouldn't. For example, I seldom want to study the Bible when I first begin. There are too many other things that are mentally much easier, such as reading a newspaper, a magazine, or a good Christian book. A necessary expression of self-control then is to set myself down with Bible and notebook and tell myself, get with it. This may not sound very spiritual, but neither does Paul's exclamation, I beat my body and make it my slave. So now here, this is kind of odd, all right? So the way this seems to describe it is that, okay, I've been given by the Spirit self-control, right? I've been given by the Spirit self-control, but I've got to do it. I've got to exercise it. I've got to, and it's weird. It's like, so do I, I have it? But I don't have it until I really reach out and grab. I've got to make use of it. So it's like the spirit's like, here's self-control. Now you're going to have to, you're going to have to fight yourself to use it. Like it's, it seems like if I have it, I wouldn't have to fight to use it. It would just, wouldn't it just take effect? Wouldn't it just be there? I, so I don't know because right? this sounds like, well, this sounds like anyone, right? This sounds like a an atheist who's, who's, in medical school or or law school, I'm like, man, there's so many other things I would like to do right now, right? I'd like to be going to the parties, but man, I've got to exercise self-control and say, no, I'm going to study for this exam. I'm going to, I'm gonna, whatever you're working on at that particular time, I, I'm going to medical terminology, whatever you're, I've got to, I got to get this down. They're exercising self-control. They're like, I've got to make myself do this. So if an atheist can do that, Right. Because, I mean, I've seen I've seen lost people, atheists exercise self-control 
when it comes to exercise, diet, study, uh, uh, career goals. So, I, I, I mean, you're, you're making it sound like we have this, but we're doing just what everyone else does. So did we get something or did we not? I, I don't know. Because this is like, I've got to beat, I got to beat my body and bring it into subse- subjection. They go on to say, self-control is necessary because we're at war with our own sinful desires. Now, this seems to acknowledge that we still have a sinful nature. So if we have a sinful nature, then self-control is something we have to have to try to fight that sinful nature. All right. James describes these desires as dragging us away and enticing us into sin. Peter says they war against our souls. Paul spoke of them as deceitful. What makes these sinful desires so dangerous is that they dwell within our own heart. External temptations wouldn't be nearly so dangerous if they did not find this ally of desire right within us. Self-control is an essential character trait of the godly person that enables obedience to the words of the Lord Jesus. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And that's how the email ends. There's no, there's no other comment. There's nothing else. So I've been looking at that throughout the day, just going, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? What do I do with this? Because on one hand, it's at least the email is acknowledging we've got these sinful desires, but the way to beat the sinful nature is just self-control. But it's giving the idea that we've been given self-control. Now, the passage that they reference to 2 Timothy 1, 7. Now, I've got it here in the King James. See if you, what we find here. The King James, it says this, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. It does not translate it self-control. I got another translation that says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound judgment. So, so that's weird that these are two different translations and none of them say self-control. So you know what we need to do? You know what we need to do? Blue Letter Bible app time, everyone. Blue Letter Bible app time. Where is it? Where is my Blue Letter Bible app? There it is. 2 Timothy 1.7. And again, you won't see self-control. You see of a sound mind, which happens to be of a sound mind comes from this Greek word. Strong's G, 4995, Sophronismas. 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 That's a fun word to say today. Sophronismas. Sophronismas. Hey, kids! Sophronismas! Stop it. Sophronismas. And your kids will be looking at you. Try it today, right? Anyone in your family gets on your nerves today, go, we need a little sophronismas, right? Now, again, these other ones translated as, well, sound judgment, King James as sound mind. Now, Strong's definition says this, sophronismas, discipline, Self-control, there it is, sound mind. I'll, uh, it's used one time, <laughs> so we, 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 don't, we don't get to see how this Greek phrase sophronismas, or this Greek word sophronismas, is, I wish I could see how it's used in, in other passages, but we don't have it. It's just used one time. And here's what we know. 
Sophronis Moss, Outline of Biblical Usage. And again, the outline of biblical usage is somewhat misleading because it's only used in one place, but they just say an admonishing or calling to soundness of mind, to moderation, self-control, self-control, moderation. And I'm looking at Thayer's Greek lexicon, and that's basically where they get the outline of uh, biblical usages from Thayer's Greek lexicon. So that's, it's not a lot of help there. Right? It's not a lot. What does it mean that we now have sound mind? Why, and why do some of the translators go with sound mind, sound judgment, and not with self-control, and others go with self-control? Let's do something else here. Let's look. I'm going to look at 2 Timothy. Let's try this today. This is what I want you thinking about today. Now, you may be, you may be getting ready to email me going, yes, we have self-control. We have more self-control than those, those pagans and those lost people. I, I've worked with way too many Christians. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? And, 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 and then I've worked with lost people. Sometimes it's the Christians who seem to never have any self-control. Running their, I, I, I've talked about it before. I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll just use the example, all right? So I ended up, being at the end of my military career as I transitioned over to a civilian contractor in the military because of everything that happened. I won't go through the long story. Uh, I was going to be placed in charge of the appointment line. Now, I didn't know exactly how it was going to work, and it was a real awkward way the way it went. I was to show up in uniform at this particular time and way early in the morning, and then the commander takes me into the appointment line, looks at the the three civilian uh, women who work there and basically said, you're fired, get out, right? You're, you're gone. And then basically looked at me and said, you're now in charge. It was very awkward. And I knew these three women because they've worked there for a very long time. All three went to church. All three, you would walk into the appointment line sometimes, and they're there with their Bibles, doing Bible studies. They would talk doctrine, theology, all claimed to be Christians, all professing believers, and tried to live it out to the best of their ability. But they had a major problem. They had no self-control when it came to worrying about what everyone else was doing. They were always involved in everyone else's business. They were always, and they would, and they would do like, like, like one day, for example, I, I think my, the time I typically leave work is like 4 p.m. And for some, I don't know, I was leaving at 3.50, 3.51, 3.52, I don't know. But I, I wasn't doing it, at, as far as I know, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I think I was, uh, I was given the uh, right to do so. But I just know this, the next day when I came back to work, I was called in going, there was a report that you left. And I'm like, who gave the report? And then I figured out it was the ladies in the appointment line. Why are they worrying about when a military member is leaving or not leaving work? Why, why do they care? They're civilian employees. It's none of their business. But they were always doing that. They would call to try to get someone in trouble for this. They were always in everyone's business. And then they would... I mean, just all this stuff. And, and, and it's, it's just, they, they, were, they just started getting a really bad reputation as three women who didn't have enough work to do, who were busybodies involved in everyone else's business. They were always involved in everyone's gossip. It was, they had no self-control when it came to that area. Now, you can say, well, they had it, but they didn't use it. Okay, well, well you could argue everyone then has self-control and they just don't use it. Do Christians possess some greater self-control? So I so but I worked with other people who are atheist or agnostic or Muslim or or whatever and in many cases they seem to have far greater self-control in certain areas. So how do we work this? How do we understand this passage? Well, if we look at uh 
If we look at how a lot of the uh, translations handle it, the New International refers to it as self-discipline, New Living self-discipline. E- ESV is the one that says self-control. Uh, Berean Standard self-control, Berean Literal self-control. And then I think everything else is, well, no, most go with discipline. Some say self-control. So I think there's a little bit of 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 different things. So let's let's look at this. Um, just a couple of commentaries. Just see if we can get some kind of. We can try to wrap our mind around this. Like what exactly is happening here? It says, "But of power, love, and of a sound mind." Instead of rendering the Greek word by a sound mind, it it, it was it were better to substitute the translation self control. So they argue it should be self control. Here's what it says. The Holy Spirit works in those to whom it is given power or strength to fight the fight of God. Power not only patiently to endure, but also to strike good blows for Christ. The power, for instance, of steadfastness in resisting temptation, the strong will which guides other weaker ones along the narrow way of love. It works too in those to whom God gives the blessed gift, that strange, sweet, love for others, which leads to noble deeds of self-surrender, that love which never shrinks from self-sacrifice, which may benefit the friend or even the neighbor. And lastly, the Spirit works in us self-control, and this is the power which in the man or woman living in and mixing with the world and exposed to its varied temptations and pleasures, it is able to regulate and keep in a wise subjection passions desires and impulses. So they go straight with this is all power. Power to do these. We have this power. This power. I, I just I don't know. I don't I just I don't know. I mean I've just I've been I, I've just if I look at my life, I've seen people from all kinds of walks of life. I've seen people exercise self-control, no Christianity, and stop drinking or stop drugs, or stop, or change their diet completely for health reasons. And they exercise the self-control where I've seen Christians struggle and they're like, I keep doing this or having problems. I got this health problem. I need to change my diet, but I can't do it. I keep struggling. And it's like, well, where's your self-control? So like, how do we, it seems so subjective. Um, I'm going to go to another commentary, see if they've given us here. Um... Okay, here, uh, let's see. Okay, we just read that one. Let's go this one. This one is long. Strong men, loving men, self-governing men. It says, uh, consider how manifestly we are made so as to need the... uh, to need the exercise continually of firm and resolute self-government. We have taste and desires rooted in the flesh and others of which the gratification is perfectly legitimate, but which to make the guides of life or to gratify without stint and without restraint ruinous. In other words, hey, we've got these fleshly desires. We got natural desires that could still ruin us if we don't govern them. 
But if reason be the eye, it is meant to guide the blind and the men who live by nature, which is a polite way of saying living by the worst half of their nature and their animal passions are sure to land before long in the ditch. In other words, we can't just live our lives according to our desires and our wants or we'll live in the ditch. So what do we need? We need self-control. Where do we get it? We get it from God. So now supposedly we have the ability to do this. All right, um, let's see here. Does anybody else? Okay, now this one translates it a sound mind. It says the Greek word denotes one of sober mind, a man of prudence and discretion. The state referred to here is that in which the mind is well balanced and under right influences, which it shall see things in their just proportions and relations, which it is not feverish and excited, but when everything is in its proper place, it is was this state of mind which Timothy was exhorted to cultivate. So they they don't go with the self-control idea. This commentary is like, no, no, no. This is like having a sound mind. In other words, you can see things as they really are. You can perceive things. You're, you're going to be like, no, 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 no. This, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. In other words, you can see the reality of something more so. They, they say this seems to almost kind of go with a discernment idea more than a, a self-control idea. It's just interesting, this commentary... Didn't even mention the self-control. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Another one, uh, of a sound mind. They said it should be translated a sound mind, not self-control. And it says a calm and quiet mind. A sound mind in the ordinary notion of it for a judgment sound in the faith. In other words, this is the idea that this person has a sound mind, quiet and calm, and can see things according to all truth or to scripture. See, that that's a little bit more easy. That's, that's easier to go, okay, as a Christian, we should think differently and we should look at things carefully. I, I But it's that self-control idea where I have the problem. Um, another one, sound mind. This one says, uh, sound mind in the principles and doctrines of the gospel and which shows itself in a prudent conduct and behavior and sobriety, moderation, temperance, purity, and honesty. So they're going to go with a sound mind, but that it leads to some kind of self-control. So if we go back and look at it, I'm going to just put this in its context and just, I'm going to just, again, I'm just going to leave this with you today to work on. All right, here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 3. I thank God when I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith uh, that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother uh, Eunice, and now I am convinced in you also. Therefore... Uh, therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Now, see, is this, I, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Is this describing us or are these descriptions of the spirit? We've been given a spirit. Now, well, it says given us a spirit of fear We've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. We've been given a spirit. Is that the Holy Spirit? In other words, the Holy Spirit is one of power, love, and sound judgment. 
In other words, should I read this as it's describing the Holy Spirit? Like, I don't have this spirit now. I have this spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit who that describes. Or do I say, no, 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 no. He's not, he's not making it that kind of reference that now that I'm a Christian, I have these things, right? I now have power. I now have love. I now have a sound judgment. But I see Christians all the time who, what, I don't know, I don't see their power and I definitely don't see their love. And I don't, I definitely don't see their self-control. The King James, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I do, I think he's given us a spirit. I think the Holy Spirit is powerful. It's the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit would love because, well, it's God and God is love. And it would be of a sound mind or self-control because it's the Holy Spirit. Is that a description of the Holy Spirit? Now, you could argue if we have that spirit inside of us, how should that impact my daily life? But Christians have never been able to agree. We Christians can all agree on this. Whatever the Holy Spirit is doing inside of me, I know this. It will not get me to perfection in this life. And it will not lead me to stop sinning in this life. So whatever my theology says about what the spirit is doing, it has to at least stop. It has to, it, it all, everyone knows there's somewhat a limit and nobody can explain why there's a limit. Like I have the Holy Spirit, but I can't stop sinning. And people say, well, you'll sin less. But again, even that is very subjective. I may sin less in this sin, but what does that mean about all the other sins? Or, or do, do you think this should refer to the Holy Spirit? Or do you think... This is just say that now that you're a Christian, you have power, you have love, and you have a sound mind, what, however we understand that, or self-control. Because the, the way some of the commentary is saying, we should have power, we should have love, we should have sound mind. They almost say it that we should have these things. Now we've got to get it. We've got to use it. We've got to discipline ourselves. I got to use that power. I got to, I got to. I got to make sure I exercise that kind of love. And it's just weird. Like either I have it or I don't have it. So it's almost like, well, you have it, but now you've got to fight to try to get, like you've got it, but now you've got to figure out how to utilize it. And, and you've got to figure out how to make it work. And it just seems odd because if, if, if all of a sudden the spirit of fear is gone and now I have power, love, and a sound mind. Um, good question. So, so as I was going to say before I answered this question, it, it would seem odd to me that if I got it, then I got to somehow find a way to use it. Because if I, if this really now is a part of me, you think it would just manifest itself naturally. But someone asked, do most capitalize it? I don't think any capitalize it. Um, spirit is not capitalized in the King James. It is not capitalized... In the, what's, what Bible is this? Uh, the Christian Standard Bible. Hang on, let me go back to all uh, to BibleHub.com. But please, we got to remember this. Remember, in the original, it, there, they, w- there wouldn't have been the capital, capitalization. Um, okay, now 2 Timothy 1.7 uh, in the New International, they capitalized spirit. This is the way it reads. For the Spirit of God gave us, the, the for the Spirit... For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, they, they are saying it is the spirit, but that they are giving us these things. Where I'm reading it is, 
wait a minute, is this describing the spirit that was given to us? They're saying, no, the spirit gave uh, the spirit given to us gives us these things. So that's a very different way of rendering it. New living, for God has not given us a spirit, not capitalized. ESV, for God is for God gave us a spirit, not capitalized. Berean sta- standard, for God, uh, for God has not given us a spirit. Berean literal, for God has not given us a spirit. Yeah, so the rest don't capitalize it. And I think when it comes to um the Greek, I don't I don't think they the, the way the capitalization works there, I don't think they use cap, capitalized for the spirit. Like I think there's some passages you think that's clearly the Holy Spirit, but it's not capitalized. And then sometimes it is capitalized. And I think a lot of times we have to be very careful there how we do that, because I think a lot of that is up to the translator's discretion. Oh, that, that's referring to the Holy Spirit. The NIV clearly capitalizes it. So that seems to be that they're thinking it's referencing the spirit, but they think it references the spirit in this way. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, it really, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird how this works because when you see it, you have to go, well, wait a minute. Uh, for, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a good example. Give you a good example since this is what we're doing for our Bible study exercise. John chapter 4, everybody should know where we're going. We've been working on it, All right? John's, uh, here we go. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Some Christians mean worship him in spirit means the Holy Spirit. Others are like, no, 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 no. That spirit's not capitalized, so that means our spirit. In other words, we have to worship him with our spirit. In other words, we can't just worship him ex- with just our physical body. We ha- there has to be something more than our lips and our motions. There has to be something inside of us that's worshiping God. So some argue, and there may be even a, an argument on whether that should be capitalized or not capitalized. Uh, J- James Montgomery Boyce in his commentary on John 4, I need to find it. He has an interesting conversation, I think, about uh, how it works in the Greek of capitalizing and not capitalizing, and so that that we have that we're kind of left to make our own determination and how we should render that. So there's a good example. So in Second Timothy one seven, is it just like, hey, now you, your spirit, your spirit now is not one of fear; it is power, love, and a sound mind, or is it the spirit that God gave you? is a spirit of love, of power, love, and a sound mind. And and then you could argue, so does that mean that's going to automatically become our character? Well, everyone wants to believe it's going to become our character, but it doesn't work that way. So even the commentaries have to acknowledge, okay, no, 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 no. You've been given these things. Now you got to fight. You got to try to make it, you got to make it work and you got to use it. And you got, and it just sounds like I I could tell that to anyone. I could tell that to any person. Hey, you need self-control. You need self-discipline, discipline Discipline yourself, use the self-control. You can do it. Oh, okay. okay. I'll, I'll just end with this example. I've talked about it before. And it just it just seems to work here um, in the United States military. I have to do gas chamber training multiple times. And I can remember always standing outside when you're getting ready to walk into the, like the cement building and they're going to and you're getting ready to walk in. You got your gas mask on. You're getting ready to walk in. It, it, the whole thing is full of gas. And oh, man, as soon as you take off your mask, it's like the worst experience ever. But you sit there and you're kind of like, OK, OK, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know what's getting ready to happen. Well, if the first time you don't know, the second or third time, you know, 
And it's a horrible experience, right? You're like, okay, I can do it. I do this. And some people start freaking out. They start almost hyperventilating. They're like, oh no, I don't want to be in there. I don't want to be in there. I don't want to be in there. Come on, use some self-control. So sometimes you have to breathe. Okay, I can do this, can do this. Okay, it's only going to be, it's going to, it's only going to be horrible for a little bit. You go in there, pull off your gas mask, man, your eyes start burning, nose start running. It's like, you feel like you're going to start choking. You feel like you're suffocating. And then they make you, whatever they make you do, count, or they give you a task to do, or you have to say your, your, your first and last name and your social security, whatever it has to be. And you're like, (coughs) and you just want to run. You just want to run. You just want to get out of there. And they're like, no, no, wait, 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 wait. And you can't do anything. And so I can remember like, so you're standing there waiting for everyone to go. You're waiting. And and like, I can remember just like stomping my foot, like, come on, come on. I got to get out of here. 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 Okay, well, I've got to exercise self-control. I've got to maintain my composure. I need to have a quiet, peaceful mind right here to do so. Well, people did that without any, without Christianity, without the Holy Spirit. Plenty of people and many endured far more difficult tasks. Find someone who's ever gone through Navy SEAL training or Rangers training or special ops, or or different types of, you have to endure some really messed up stuff. Well, they do that. It's no, it's not God giving them power, or it would just be Christians are the only, Christians are the only ones who can be elite athletes. Christians are the only one. It's not, it doesn't work that way. So then how do we understand this? I do believe I've been given a spirit, the Holy Spirit, and I know the Holy Spirit is powerful because it's God third person of the Trinity, all powerful. I know it's love because God is love. And obviously it would have self-control or a sound mind because it's God. I do know that. Now how that works in and through me, I don't know. I know I should put it this way. I know I am to seek to love even my enemy and to love my neighbor as myself. I know I'm not going to pull that off. And so then you would have to ask, well, wait a minute. If I've been given the spirit that gives me love, why can't I love people that way? Well, clearly we don't. I know Christ did for me. Right? I know Christ did for me perfectly. So how do you understand 2 Timothy 1.7? Do you read it and go, I can do these things. And do you ever ask yourself, why am I not doing these things? And then how does your sinful nature impact this? So, Self-control, that's what I want you to think about. How does your sinful nature impact that? How do you understand 2 Timothy 1.7? I know that I'm throwing out kind of an idea. I'm not saying the text supports it, but I'm just like, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but we've been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, I don't, I don't think, is there a, is there a trend? Do I, did all of a sudden when you become a Christian, you get, because if, if, See, this is the way it doesn't make any sense. If this is my spirit, like if I just, like the inner, if I just understand the spirit as who I really am, if I've been given a completely new spirit as a Christian that is power, love, and of a sound mind, then I shouldn't have to fight to make it work. It's now who I am. That's the weird, the commentaries get really bizarre. Like on one hand, they're like, this is what, this is what the spirit you've been given but you've got to fight, 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 fight to try to make it work. No, if it's, if it's who I am now, it should be what naturally flows from me, which would be power, love, and a sound mind, which clearly isn't the case. But if I've been given the Holy Spirit, 
And these are descriptions of the spirit which I've now been given, which would be absolutely true. The spirit that dwells in me is one of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, how does that work? It's the same thing with the fruits of the spirit. How does that supposed to work in my life? I am to pursue them, absolutely. I want to cultivate them, absolutely. I I completely agree. I should try to pursue to love people in a self-sacrificing way. I should. I just know that I won't. All right, good. Someone said I made a good point. Wow, that's look at that. I'm doing good today, ladies and gentlemen. I have done my first broadcast and I've made a good point. I'm going to stop. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to retire now because someone said I made a good point. That's it. I'm retiring. I'm never doing any more broadcasting. But to whoever emailed me at 3.07 in the morning, thank you. I don't know if I have a good answer for you. I don't know. I mean, you didn't really ask a specific question. You just wanted my thoughts. I've given you 40 minutes of my thoughts. And I don't, I don't really, I don't know I don't, I, I look, I struggle with this. I'm just going to be honest. You know, here's what, I'll just show you. I struggle with this all day, every day. And maybe, and I know other Christians don't struggle, but I struggle. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I'll just end with this because I struggle with this every day. Here we go. Galatians 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. And then it stops right there. Well, guess what? Um, I'm sorry. I have a hard time with this passage. Because Christians sometimes are the most unloving people I've ever seen in my entire life. Self-righteous, condemning, arrogant, prideful. Joy. I've gone to, I've, I've seen a lot of Christians. They have good, they have a lot of joy maybe during the worship service when their hands are raised. But man, they, they can be some pretty miserable people. Peace. I've seen Christians struggle with all kinds of a lack of peace. Long suffering, yeah, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. Not, don't let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another. So I just, I just think that, and and practice, I have problems with. Now I do believe the the Holy Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit that describes the Holy Spirit in me. All of that is true of the Holy Spirit. How it works itself out in my own life, I don't know. I know Christ accomplished all of this for me. And so Christians go all over the place with this stuff, right? Oh, this is just going to be your natural self now, but it's not my natural self. Others are like, well, this is what you should be. You got to fight to get it. Well, why do I have to fight to get it? If it's the Holy Spirit that's supposedly doing it, it should just naturally occur, right? And if it naturally occurs, how come it can't get to the level of perfection? Well, I mean, because you have a sinful nature. And so it's all over the place. And then some say, if you don't have enough of this stuff, you're not saved. And others was like, no, 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 no. Christ had all of this for me. And it's like all over the place. But there you have it. 2 Timothy 1.7 That is today's focus. Hopefully, you've got something to talk about today. But that is your today's focus for Monday, February the 27th, 2023.